Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. I am Poppy. And I am Holman. On this podcast, we'll be discussing sports and whatever else just comes to mind. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here, and we hope you're ready to have a good time with us. Let's get it. What it is, Poppy? What's up, dude? How you doing? Uh, you know what? I'm doing better this week than last week. Yeah, you were struggling a little. Well, you're still struggling, but uh, I'm still struggling. But oh, yeah, you're in. Uh... We know the source of the problem this week. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh... yeah. We we now we now know the source of the issue. We don't know how it happened, but we do know. We do know what it is. Like you said, don't know how it happened. Right. But uh, yeah, my SI joint was out of alignment, so that's always fun. I had something called sacral torsion, so uh, the bottom five vertebrae of my spine were rotated. That's what your sacrum is. Well, you know what? It fucking hurt. <laughs> we're not a medical podcast. We could be. <laughs> now, see, the thing is, like, every, like, like, there have been times on multiple occasions where you've been attempting to explain things to me, like, medically. Yeah. And I literally have to say to you, explain this to me like I'm five. Yeah, you literally do. Because you use too many big words too fucking fast. Sorry. Just like, just like break it down for me. Don't, don't say meta, metatarsal or metacarpal or anything like that. Just say your hand. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. That's about all I know about human anatomy. I say knees and mouth and nose. That's about it. Okay. And then my Vinky was the key. I was going to say something, but I'm going to lock it in. All right, thank you. I'm going to lock it in, because, you know, this is a family-friendly show, and, you know, we keep it fucking clean on here. Sure. You're upset that that just happened. Not really. It's okay. Remind me at the end of the episode, like, when we're done, to uh, to tell you what I was going to say. All right. I think you're going to find it hysterical. Yeah. I think it would be hysterical. I think everybody would laugh, but I'm, I'm going to keep it locked in. Wise. I'm going to keep it locked in. But how are you today? How are you feeling? Because I'm feeling better. How are you feeling? I am not too bad. Um, I'm pretty jazzed up for the weekend. Um, hey, we got a big weekend, man. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very big weekend. Well, shout out to Jill and Alex. Yep, shout out Jill and Alex. I don't know if they are frequent listeners to the podcast, but me and Holman will be at a wedding tomorrow. Yep. So that's very, very exciting. Um, this is actually the first wedding that I've been to, I think, in three years where I'm not directly involved. Um, you know, I've been to a wedding three years in a row where I've had to pay for a rental. I can't say the same. Um, I've been to my brother's where I didn't have to pay for a rental. Um, I had Timbers. I did have to pay for a rental. Um, I had my girlfriend's brother's. <clears throat> yeah. Did not have to pay for a rental. And now we have, um. Jill and Alex. Jill and Alex's wedding. Yeah. And uh, do not have to pay for a rental. Although I did, I did buy a jacket today. Well, I mean, I mean, me and me and Tim Boner, we get we gave you good advice. You were so my man Holman here was gonna wear a shirt and a tie, but no jacket. Because I, I take the jacket off anyway. Well, I mean that's all good and fine, but but, I mean, it'll look cleaner if you do jacket. No tie. I I I I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. I mean, I think that's absolutely the uh, the play. 
absolutely a better look. Um, don't know why that just took a screenshot. Um, I think it's absolutely the better look. Yeah. But so I, I have a suit. Um, I personally just don't. I personally don't like the way it looks on me, um, or the way it like the way uh the way I feel in it. Um, I prefer slim fit things. Mm. Being, you know, just just with my build, I think I look good in slim fit. Mm. Um, so I prefer slim fit fit things. The jacket on the suit that I have is not slim fit. <clears throat> so I feel like I honestly I feel like Kanye West in that music video with him and uh. Lil Pump. Lil Pump. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's what I feel like wearing this this uh, coat. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. It's your yeah. fa- Kanye's favorite uh, or your favorite Kanye verse. It's not. I was joking. Too late. You already said it. Um, and now it's on the internet, so you can't take it back. <laughs> You're so upset. It's not. I'm telling what, you. What is your favorite Kanye verse? Could you, could you name one right now? Could you give me one? I'd have to think about it, honestly. My favorite verse from Kanye, not song, not album, not project, whatever. Favorite verse is his uh his verse on uh Deuce's remix. Right. With Chris Brown, Drake, uh um, yeah. somebody else. Is it Andre three thousand? It might be. I'm drawing a blank. I think it is Andre. That's there's somebody else. That 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 verse from Kanye. Can I be honest with you though? I'm not as big of a Kanye fan as most people are. I neither am I. But I do like that verse from him. Let's see. Chris. Oh, fabulous. Oh. Rick Ross and Andre 3000. Didn't know Rick Ross was on that. <laughs> oh. Oh. Could you give me a verse, though? Like, I have to think about it. I can't. I, I, not off the top of my okay. head. All oh. right. Th- that, that's the extent of how often I listen to Kanye West. Off the top of my head, no. But not. Interesting. Okay. Um, but on, to- on, on top of the wedding tomorrow, you and I will also be making our first appearance at the bank on Sunday night. Yes, sir. So me I and can't Hol- wait. Yeah, so this is the second year in a row <clears throat> me and Holman have been to the Sunday night game. Yep. Last year's was a doozy. Okay, so let, let, Chiefs. let's talk about it. Last year, we did not know it, but Flowrider was performing at halftime. And we were skeptical. I think, I think we. I think I found out like the day before. Yeah, and I was. I was planning on jokingly cheering Pitbulls better. <sighs> Turns out, Flowrider has more bangers than we realized. Right, right. Because maybe we were just a more inebriated than we're willing to admit. I don't know about you. That was kind of cool. Yeah. So 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 cool thing is, I guess it's like a Sunday night football thing. They must have like a concert going on every Sunday night football game. Not just necessarily for the Ravens, but I think across across every NFL game. Yeah. So this Sunday is going to be featuring uh, Nelly. They're really appealing to the thirty year olds here. They really are. But but I mean, it's yeah, I, we're not thirty. But God damn no. it, if I'm not going to enjoy hearing Country Grammar and Nellyville. Songs out there, right? I swear to God, if he plays nothing but like his like country songs, like the new country Nelly, he won't. I I might rampage. I mean, got you got you got to think. Hot in here was Ray Lewis's song when he came out. When he came out, so of course that's gonna be played. That's gonna be played. Um, I tell you what, if Patrick Queen doesn't have the best game of his career with 
Nelly performing Hot in Here, which was Ray Lewis's song, if he doesn't just channer, channel, channel, channel that inner, like, dog, just have a, just have a career game. He'll probably perform Dilemma. Okay, not mad about it. Country Grammar. Yeah. Huh. All I ask is that he just performs Air Force One. That'd be lit. That'd be that that that'd be that'd be sick. You know, that's like a that's like a fitting song though for Baltimore. Yeah, because that's like Baltimore, New York, and uh, and Boston. Like like the like I like like back in the day day for people for people that don't know a little little bit of an education little bit of an education time for those of you who are still sneakerheads or know that I still am. Ninety five was or I ninety five was really the. The road that, tra- that was most traveled for um for sneakers up and on the East Coast because Baltimore, D.C., New York, Boston, and everywhere in between they would get Air Force Ones that you can't get so easily like nowadays. Like back back before, like buying sneakers on the internet was so easy. Yeah. So you'd have to like you'd go drive to Baltimore to go get this one pair. Okay. Well, people from Baltimore are driving to Boston to go get a pair. So. The Air Force, like Air Force Ones, are very, very influential here in not only not only Baltimore but the DMV. So it's just a clean looking shoe. The new, the new wave. Well, at least it was when we were at Foot Locker. It was the nine nineties, size ten. <laughs> I mean, nine nineties are just such a versatile shoe. I brought out the Thanksgiving ones not too long ago. Wore, Did you? I, I, yeah, I wore the Thanksgiving nine nineties. Well now, now like a big now like a big thing that's coming back it's coming back around like the like the flat bottom like not like nothing really to it but uh, Dunks and SBs Blazers, Blazers too yeah like I like I just got my first pair of Dunks the other day did you yeah I've been thinking about getting some Blazer lows I'm actually wearing my Dunks on Sunday sick because they're the um they're the fragment Beijing black and purple oh that's tough. Dunks, yeah. That's one thing I'm missing is I don't have any like purple shoes. Yeah, <clears throat> and I have a I have a pair of a um. It was a uh, it was, geez, this is still how much I know about this is how much I remember about like like it's crazy how much obscure things that I remember about shoes, like uh, like obscure things. Like, have you ever seen my black and purple Ultra Boost that I have? I don't think I've ever seen them. No, it's a finish line exclusive, and it's this it it. The colorway was called CBC. It's it's celebrate black culture. It's black with purple purple meshing, and then a little bit of red, like like a like a little bit of a darker salmon color. Okay. On the back. Uh huh. But it's like perfect Ravens color. Yeah, Ravens it's perfect. Colors. Yeah, it's perfect. The black, the purple. The only thing that's missing is the gold. True. True. Which, which I don't have any gold socks, so I start wearing. You gonna wear shorts someday? It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be really cold. No, it's gonna be in the forties. I'm I, I'm torn between sweatpants or jeans. I don't know which one. <sighs> There's part of me. So I have those like Nike windbreaker pants. I was thinking about wearing <laughs> them underneath some sweatpants. You have to get like really baggy sweatpants though, because see, I don't want to be like too hot sitting there. Because you know, because you know, it's gonna be a packed game. Oh yeah, it's gonna be packed. Do you think there's gonna be a fight in the stands between a Ravens fan and a Bengals fan? I'm sure there will be. Do you think there's gonna be a fight on the field between? A Ravens player and a Bengals player. Maybe between Marcus Peters and one of the receivers. Oh, I hope so. Preferably Jamar Chase. Like, as long as it's not T. Higgins, so T. Higgins doesn't get kicked out of the game. <laughs> For real. Like, T, like, I have no quarrel with T. Higgins. But I don't like Tyler Boyd and I don't like Jamar Chase. 
Tyler Boyd pisses me off because he does nothing. He's the no. epitome of does nothing in the group project, gets an A, and brags about it. Right. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins do all the fucking work. Not even, dude. It's fucking T. Higgins does all the work. Well, this year, yeah. Uh, it, T. Higgins is doing all the work. Jamar Chase, like, had one good idea for the group project. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd slept through the whole thing. Tyler Boyd asked to go to the bathroom and just walk the halls for the entire class period. They got an A. And he's like, hey, good, good work, fellas. I'm going to talk my shit now. And that's it. Like, that's all Tyler Boyd does. You know something crazy, though, I will say. So throughout the, so, so throughout the week, the Ravens have been <clears> tweeting <throat> things related to the game on Sunday. Yeah. With uh, gifts of the Orioles. And, of course, the Orioles season just ended. Just ended. Um, unfortunately. Um, we'll talk about that here in a second. I have a feeling they're gonna try. I have a feeling they're gonna honor the Orioles that game on Sunday night. Okay, like how so? Like what do you what do you think? Like just say like 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 they'll invite them to the game, get them a get them a fucking box, all that shit, and just say hey, quick congratulations to your 2022 Baltimore Orioles on an, on an incredible season. Because I mean the season just ended Tuesday. Yeah, it did just end Tuesday. So I mean, I think it'd be I think it would be cool. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, when they're playing, I mean, whenever, whenever we have, I know on Sunday, um, the Sunday game against uh, the Patriots, yeah, they were on, they were like, they were warming up in Ravens gear. They were like wearing Ravens gear when they were warming up. This, this of course, before fans were letting the stadium. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was at that Orioles game, and uh, the Orioles went into a rain delay, and they had the Ravens and Patriots game on right. the big screen right. in the outfield. That was sick. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, the Orioles have always been huge supporters of the Ravens. The, I mean, it, the Ravens haven't been as big a supporters as the Orioles, but that was just because we didn't really have a whole lot of support re- up until recently. Yeah, the Orioles were uh, a, a work in progress for quite a few years. You know what? Let's go ahead. And let, you know what? Enough of the banter. Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Let's just start talking about the Orioles here. Yeah, Tyler Boyd, 12 catches for 202 yards and two touchdowns. On the season? On the season. I'm pretty sure... T. Higgins has almost done that twice in a game. Uh, T. Higgins has 20 catches for 315 yards and two touchdowns. Only two? Yeah. Huh. Okay. He has two. Jamar has two. Tyler Boyd has two. Hayden Hurst has one. And uh, P. Ryan has one. Hmm. But anyway, let's go, ahead and, let's go ahead and jump into the Orioles here. Orioles, baby. Um, so, so, I mean, like I said, I mean, I mean, their season, unfortunately, had just came to an end. Uh, I mean, they were, they were ended up until the last week of the, last week of the season. Yeah, I mean, the the big thing that that hurt us was um, we decided we wanted to play like an asshole against I believe it was Detroit. Um, and then we dropped two of three to Detroit. Yeah. Um, that really that really pushed uh, pushed us out of playoff contention. We'll slow down and, and, and enunciate, Holman. Jesus. Um, that really pushed us out of playoff contention, and then at that point. We needed to win out. We needed Seattle or Tampa Bay to lose out. Um, yeah. Not that we didn't. I mean, we uh, we didn't win out. Um, but, I mean, hey, a hell of a season to the Orioles. Um, I want to say we finished. 83 and 79. 80, yeah. That, so, so, you know, it's crazy. So, it's at, so we had a 31-game turnaround. Yeah. Insane. Which is absolutely insane. We were the we were the first team in MLB history to have a thirty game to go to go from losing a hundred games one season 
to the very next actually having a winning record. We finished four games above 500. Yeah, insanity. Which for the expectations of what the Orioles had heading into the season, finishing four games above 500 is miraculous. Realistically, two games above 500. 81 and 81. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But winning, winning, winning four more games than what they, what they ended up losing. Yeah, insane. Yeah, so um, I, th- I think without a doubt, uh, your manager of the year is Brandon Hyde. Well, to us it is. Well, I mean, I mean, I think the only I think the only person who really has a realistic chance of winning manager of the year might be uh, the manager of the Mariners. But then again, at the same time, they actually had some realistic expectations heading into the season. The Orioles didn't. That's what, yeah, the Orioles had no expectations coming into the season. No. I'd say I don't know. It probably go. It probably goes to the Dodgers just because they have the best record in baseball. But then again, that was expected. It's absolutely expected. Absolutely. I I don't know. I'm just saying based off of you were expected to have the best record in baseball. You did. You did your job as far as I'm concerned. I, absolutely. I mean, they literally have an all star team over there. They they, they really do. Um, I mean, not not. I'm not discrediting what the Dodgers did whatsoever, but just the level of uh, the level of expectation that Brandon Hyde and the staff and the staff even had coming into the season. I mean, everybody thought the bullpen was going to be horrendous. Everybody thought we wouldn't be able to hit for shit. People thought scoring was going to go way down with moving the wall back, which in hindsight it did. Um, but it benefited us. Yeah, yeah, greatly. It, yeah, it it definitely it definitely did. Um. All, all in all, a very, very good season by the Orioles. A lot to build on. It's very, very exciting now for the future, um, especially with uh, everything we have coming up in the minor leagues. We, I mean, Mike Elias, the general manager, he's even said that they're going to make an emphasis on spending money this offseason. They need to. Whether it's, whether it's locking up talent long-term or whether it's signing new talent to the team, yeah. that will remain to be seen. Like in the past, when the when the Orioles were having their le- their had their last string of success with Adam Jones, JJ Hardy, Manny Machado, when Chris Davis was hitting was actually hitting consistently. Yeah. Um, their whole problem was that they weren't they weren't spending money on free agents. True. They locked up Adam Jones to a nice to a nice hefty deal. They signed Chris Davis to a hefty deal, and then they were just taking taking flyers on starting pitching, investing in the bullpen. Which at that time we were hitting more home runs than anybody else in the bigs, so it really it really worked out for us. We we I mean we set we were damn near setting MLB records for four straight fucking seasons. But something like that isn't it clearly wasn't sustainable. We had to move on from that. Yeah, I mean it was it was the same thing that like like take Golden State like live or die by the three. We were living and dying by the long ball. We couldn't play any small ball or save our lives. No, 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 no. And now that's that's like that's like polar opposite of how this team is. Yeah, polar opposite. I mean. I mean, yes, moving the wall back definitely does hurt the home run numbers. I mean, I think uh, Trey Mancini, his his expectation on home runs was supposed to drop. I I think like fifteen had he had he had stayed with the Orioles. I don't know how he ended up finishing with Houston. Um, but Ryan Mountcastle's production dropped. Uh, Cedric, Cedric Mullins' home run home run production dropped. The, yeah, the base stealing was still there. Um, but I mean, like I said, a lot a lot of things exciting here heading into the season. Uh, having Gunnar Henderson for a full season will be very exciting to see how he does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez next season will be will more than likely be part of the starting rotation. 
I don't think it's more than likely. I think it's for sure. He's going to be in spring training. He's going to be pitching him, D.L. Hall. John Means will be back. John Means will be That'll be very back. exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even um, Dean Kramer, who had a, who had a hell of a, who had a hell of a, a um, complete game. Yeah. A little over, a little, little under a month ago now at this point. So there's a lot of exciting things going on with the, with the Orioles organization, organization. Um, and then there's something I was talking to you about earlier today. This is eerily reminiscent of a team where Michael, where Michael Elias used to be employed by Houston Astros. For three years straight, Houston Astros lost 100, 100 games every single season. Three out of four years, the Orioles did the same thing. Until eventually, and same, same thing with um, what happened with us this season. Out of nowhere, Houston had a, uh, had a very, very productive season. Turned things around, and then things were looking up. Their prospects that they were calling up were looking pretty good. And uh, now, of course, they're on this string of dominance, cheating or no cheating. I mean, yeah, I, we're two years removed from the cheating, and they're still and they're still winning. They were in the they were in the AL Championship Series last year, right? They won their division this year. They won their division this year. They're the best team in the AL this year. Yeah. Um. So I mean, the dominance is still there for Houston. No clue how. No, no clue how. Um, because they kind of blew it up. I mean, they got rid they of... They did, but they didn't. They lost George Springer. Um, Carlos Correa. They lost Carlos Correa. They still have the pitching. Yeah. The pitching helps out a lot. But I think also having an owner that's willing to spend the money, that really helps out a lot, too. An owner who knows, like, hey, this team is like... like we still have all these pieces still around us. Let's go ahead and let's keep doing what we can do to win. Yeah. I mean, up until this season, I mean, they had they still have one of the top ten uh, farm systems in, in baseball. So they traded a few pieces away and lost and lost their footing uh, in the top ten. But um, but you know this this is this is just me thinking as a as a, as an Orioles fan and also kind of kind of seeing similarities between what the Houston Astros did and what we're doing currently. Um. For you Orioles fans, I think I think Baltimore is going to make a big splash. Uh-huh. I don't know about this off season, but sometime before the upcoming trade deadline, which happens in July, um, I think the Orioles are going to end up making a pretty big splash. Um, via the trade market, the hitting is there. The yeah. hitting is definitely there. Of course, we have we we have um a top five catcher in baseball in Adley. Yes. Ryan Mountcastle is a very good first baseman, despite what you what people might think. I'm not I'm not super super huge on Ryan Mountcastle. Um, he drives me insane with how just swing happy he is at the plate. He needs a little more plate discipline. I feel like he was, he's always swinging for the fences too. Well, he's the new Chris Davis. <laughs> Facts. Um. But I mean, we have Jorge Mateo, who's gonna who will slide back over to second base. I hope we keep him around, man. Um, I think we definitely will. Uh, he, I th- I think he's way too valuable to to let go. Um, I mean, you can reward. I mean, he played very. He, I mean, the defensive the defensive numbers were there. The base stealing numbers were there. I mean, even when he was hitting, when he when he started hitting the ball, he was hitting with contact and power. Which for somebody with his type of speed is pretty ra- it's pretty pretty rare. Now he wasn't he wasn't mashing the ball out of the out of the yard like Jose Altuve does. He wasn't hitting thirty bombs, right? But he but he but when 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 he made contact with the ball, I mean it, it was it was it was going a long way. He's not just like a 
he's not like a D Gordon type player where he can, where he he'll turn a single into a double easily. He can, but but he can also hit with power. That's the point that I'm making. The the thing with Jorge Mateo is you're not looking at him for the home runs. You're not looking at him for the RBIs or anything like that. You're looking at what is his on base percentage, right? Because that gives us the best opportunity to utilize him. Like you, I mean, realistically, the RBIs are great. If they come along, they come along. It's fantastic. How often is he getting on base? Well, right. he was getting on base at a. a his own base percentage this year was uh, 267. Which I th- like if if he if he has more opportunity because I mean I mean he was he was one of those guys where I think the Orioles are just like okay well we saw some flashes last year let's bring him in let's see what he can do let's 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 give let's give him 300 400 at bats and see what he does yeah and I th- I think he I think I mean not think he he definitely did perform above expectations oh for sure absolutely um so heading into this season with more with more fine tuning. I think he can raise that OBP to over 300, which it, which if somebody that fast is getting on base 30% of the time, yeah, in one in three at bats. Yeah, if he if he's getting on if he's getting on base one out of the three at bats that he has a game, that's encouraging. Because with his type of speed and how and how good he is at stealing mm-hmm. bases, if he like if he walks or if he gets like a little single, in two pitches, you can have a guy in a scoring position. It might as well be a double. Exactly, and especially with having a guy like like Adley Rutschman, mm-hmm. who who is so good at those at at contact hitting into the into the alleys in order to get those doubles. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a huge benefit. Even if he doesn't steal a base, and the very next pitch, Adley Rutschman can rope a good double into the outfield. He's scoring from first. He can score from first. Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing with Cedric Mullins. Although we'll we'll talk about Cedric Mullins here in a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think he's going to end up sticking around. Uh, shortstop is probably going to be the biggest question mark here heading into the offseason for, for, for position player-wise. Because Gunnar Henderson is definitely holding down third base. Think that, so? Oh, that's without question. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think he is... Um, he's very... He can, play, he can play any... He, he Realistically, he can play any spot in the infield. I agree. Which... which with, he's taken reps at literally every single one of them. Which with his with his skill with the bat, that's rare. Yeah, that's ve- that's that's very very rare. Think of I mean for again for you Orioles fans, think of Ryan Flaherty. If Ryan Flaherty could actually hit, I hated him because he couldn't hit the ball. I was I remember I was I was watching baseball one time with my dad. I was watching a nose game, and he had no idea who Ryan Flaherty is. I was like, he's like, oh, like I want to watch him. I'm like, there's no need. He's not going to hit the ball. I was like, he he's not going to hit the ball. He's gonna strike out. I was like, he might not even put the ball in play. Yeah, he literally Ryan Flaherty could not hit the ball. God bless if you couldn't put him anywhere on that diamond. He could probably he could probably throw six innings for you if you need him to. <laughs> he probably could. I mean, I mean, defensively, <clears throat> Ryan Flaherty was very very versatile. Oh yeah, he could play. Like I said, he could play any position in the defense. He, like I said, he could, he might be able to give you six innings on the mound, right? If you asked him to. They may not be very good innings, but he could do it. He could do it. He could pitch six innings. I but mean, um, but yeah, but was I think Gunnar Henderson is definitely going to hold down the third base side, um, especially with the given talent in free agency that's going to be coming up here at the shortstop position, um, and and especially with what we have sitting behind sitting behind us down in uh, down in double, triple A, single A. I mean, Jackson Holiday, he's not going to be up for a while. Well, I I understand that, but um. What I'm saying is Jackson Holiday is going to be a, is going to be our shortstop of the future here in the next three to four years. 
So you're not you're not going to put another superstar prospect at shortstop and take away his position. I, it's going to be either Jordan Westberg or Kobe Mayo, hundred percent. So I think Jordan Westberg will end up being up at the st- up up with the Orioles next season because he's listed as just an infielder. Kobe right. Mayo is listed as a third baseman. So if that's the case, he's going to take third base. Gunner's going to take short. Um. So so actually, this this is this isn't something that you and I you and I were talking about some ideas of what um or what or what some things that the Orioles could end up doing. Uh, here here coming up in in this off season. Um, I will tell you, there's a lot of guys here coming up, especially especially with the um, at the shortstop position, that are going to be um, that are going to be people that I think the Orioles could target at the shortstop position specifically. So you have Xander Bogarts. I don't I don't think he leaves Boston, but he is going to be available. You do have Trey Turner. You do have Dansby Swanson. You have Carlos Correa, so and you also have Tim Anderson. So there's a lot of guys who are going to be coming up, um, eligible for free agency, at the shortstop position. The Orioles have already said that they're going to end up spending a lot of money here upcoming in the off season. Could one of those positions be shortstop? I would like to think so. I don't think we spend it on shortstop. So uh, this is the thing. I don't think we spend our. I don't. I. I think. I think if we're spending money, if we're spending big money, it is going to be on a shortstop, in my in my opinion, just because we're so loaded on, um, on prospects that I think we'll trade for pitching. I think so. I think we will. Yeah. I mean, I've 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 came up with a few with a few with a few trades. You and I were talking about this before we before we started recording. Um, I have a pipeline dream over here. Honestly, the guy who I think is probably going to be um who who I think the Orioles are going to target probably pretty um probably pretty strongly. Honestly, I think Carlos Correa could end up being an Oriole. I'm not ruling it out. I just I think I don't know if we spend money on shortstop, but like I said with Kobe Mayo, Kobe Mayo was killing it in triple A. Um, so I think I think he's gonna end up making his way up. And Jordan Westberg, um, I mean, they, they're projecting that he's going to make his way up um, in this coming season. So, I mean, it's it's tough to say. I think Kobe Mayo, they're, they're saying he's like a 2024 prospect is what it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't think, um, what's his name, Jackson Holiday, he's looking like a 2025 prospect. Um, but, I mean, as far as outfield goes, we're good. I oh, we got so much young talent. I don't think we're gonna spend much on outfield. Um, I think honestly, I think Cedric Mullins is a um, casualty of a trade. Yeah, I, I think Cedric I, Mullins is I, gone. I think, I think he's expendable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if any of you Orioles fans saw it, but th- I mean, dude, he looked miserable, like all the time. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I mean, speaking of Cedric Mullins, I mean, he's he is one of the guys who I do actually have involved in tr- in trade discussions. Uh, so I mean, just a just a few different trades that I do have, um, that I do have for the Orioles. This one I probably this one I think is probably is probably something that is very very realistic for the Orioles. 
Yeah, my trade's not going to be realistic. Hope you guys know. Um, I have to pull up our rankings first so I just get their first names correct. Give me one second. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you my pipeline dream. Well, let's hear. Let, let's let's hear your pipeline dream. Okay, so um, my trade involves uh three players that uh, I mean, I don't necessarily want to see go, um, but I think uh, one in particular. And that man is Anthony Santander. That's my dog. Santander has a place in my heart because every time I play MLB The Show, I end up getting drafted to the Orioles. I end up making it up there. I think I end up hitting like third or fourth. He ends up hitting fourth or fifth. And if it wasn't for him, I would have never scored any runs unless I hit a home run. So my trade is Anthony Santander, Cedric Mullins, who I alluded to being a victim of a trade. And D.L. Hall, that is a, uh, according to this trade simulator, has a total value of 80.30. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but that's what their value is. They have their own little system that they value players and everything like that. This is according to BaseballTradeValues.com. Yes. Like I said, they have their own system as to how they grade players and their values and everything like that. Not sure what it all means, but that's what they get. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in return, the Orioles receive a young man by the name of Andrew Wance. He is a relief pitcher. Uh, you might know these next two names in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Um, and the way that it's looking, that trade value or that total value is 79.4. So according to this website, giving up Anthony Santander, Cedric Mullins, and D.L. Hall is actually more valuable than giving up Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and that dude Wance, who I already forgot his first name, and I know I just said it. Andrew Wance. Andrew Wance. Yeah, so so I mean that definitely is a pipe dream. Um the Angels are definitely not moving my trout. <laughs> definitely not moving my trout. Shohei Otani, I won't rule out. Potentially. I know that they did just sign him to some sort of extension arbitration deal, whatever that it was hell a it was. it was a one year thirty million dollar arbitration. Ar- 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 arbit- arbitration deal in order in order to a one-year, thirty million dollars extension in order to avoid arbitration. Yeah, whatever, whatever in the world it was. I yeah. know they just signed him to that. Um, so I mean, they could potentially be shopping him out for for whatever. Hey, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about it. No, because we're not moving that right field wall anytime soon. No. So we can keep Shohei Otani on the left side of the plate. We're gonna see a lot of those little baseballs on Utah Street out there. And we're gonna have a pitcher that's inside young contention every single season. Right, right, of course. So so just to kind of run down a few a few things that I have that I have put down. So one of the trades I actually have involve us. So so the way that I the way that I kind of justified what we end up getting rid of and who we end up trading these pieces to is I took a look at according I took a look at according to MLB.com how they have the farm system rankings among teams. Uh huh. So really, I took I took teams that are among the bottom five farm systems in baseball, and said, okay, out of those five, who has pitchers that could potentially be expendable in order to in order to better their farm system? Some of these teams are in better scenario are in better situations than other teams are. Uh, for example, this first team, this first trade that I have, I have us making a deal with the uh, San Diego Padres. Okay, I have a I have the Baltimore Orioles giving up. Is Manny coming home? Damn it, Manny is not coming home. Sorry, he might now. 
I don't know. He might not because we moved the wall back. <sighs> so in this deal, I actually have I have us. Who's the other? Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. We can't take you anywhere. Pause for station identification. We don't have a station. So 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 really, what the, what this trade is going to end up revolving around is Hudson Haskins, who is currently our number twenty one prospect. He's expected to be up at the MLB around two thousand twenty three. He's currently playing in Double A. Uh, last season at Double A, he uh da, 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 he batted two sixty four. Okay. Um, with a 367 OBP and a 455 slugging, and 822 OPS. Uh, that was that was last year at Bowie. Um, and then I have us moving. I have us moving another relief pitcher that we have currently in the minor leagues. Have I have us moving that to the San Diego Padres in order to get you Darvish? Okay. Um. So according according to baseball trade values, uh, trading. Uh, the. The two, the two, the two players that I have us trading is it, it have a combined value of about six, six point oh, um, and you Darvish is sitting at about five point six. So, so it might be so the, the total value they take into consideration what they've already done at the MLB level, yeah, and age, how long they've been at the MLB, what their contract looks like. They take all that into consideration and give them and give them an adjusted value mm-hmm. of what of what they could be worth <clears throat> worth potentially. So you Darvish is thirty five. Okay. So he would really be like a one two year rental. But if we if we could get you Darvish to play at the level that he played at this past season, it would be a little bit more advantageous. Yeah, absolutely. Um the next one, this one's a little bit unrealistic this this one is it's still somewhat realistic um i don't know what the likelihood of this happening is uh this is this is a little bit more um taking a look at what we have in the minor leagues opposed to what we already have at the major league level and saying to ourselves okay I don't know what happened over there. I got, I, I, I got, I got, a, I got a text from Andrew. Uh, um, taking a look at what we of what we have at the MLB level already, and taking a look at what we have at the at the minor leagues, and saying to ourselves, okay, we can afford to get rid of these two pieces, bring in this and this, and then just retool with what we have going on down in the minors. So this, so this is the trade that. Uh, that involves Cedric Mullins. Yep. And uh DL Hall. Okay. I have us trading him to trading both of those guys um to the Chicago White Sox for their number eleven prospect, Jonathan Cannon, who's a right handed relief pitcher, uh who's currently expected to be up at the MLB by two thousand twenty five, and their start and their uh their ace pitcher, Dylan Cease. Okay. So Chicago is one of those teams that's been mired in mediocrity here lately. Uh-huh. Um, me and Holman actually saw something pretty pretty funny about the fact that they are they went eighty one and eighty one this season, so they went five hundred. Well, I forget the exact we 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 weren't able to find the exact graphic, but over the entirety of their existence in the MLB, they are five hundred. 
Yeah, it's it's like so it's like a thousand games, sixteen hundred games, so, something absurd like that. I mean, it's a ton of games. And they're like eight hundred and sixty one and eight hundred and sixty one, yeah. or it's like something along those lines. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I think Tony Larusa's um his tenure with the White Sox as well. He was also five hundred. He was five. They were five hundred when he took over. Yeah. Through all of the years that he was the coach or the skipper of the uh, of the White Sox, and he's stepping down this season. I don't know if he knew that or not. Yes, Dude, for yes. for health reasons. Yeah, he's yeah. he's stepping away, um, and he finished his career at five hundred. And the White Sox organization um, just remains middle of the pack at five hundred. Yeah, but but going back going back to that trade, I mean, Dylan Cease was a guy who actually pitched really really well this past season. Uh, for for Chicago, I mean, 184 innings pitched. Um, he struck out 227 and had an ERA of 2.2. So I mean, that would be a guy who would who would really slide right into the Orioles organization as as the number one guy. And um, I mean, he would really hit. I mean, we would hit the ground running. Yeah, with John Means, DL, and well, we moved DL Hall, but John Means and Grayson Rodriguez in there behind him. I mean, we could always move Colton Cowser into center field or Heston Kirchdad or something like that to re- uh. to replace what we're losing with uh-huh. with Cedric Mullins. Even moving your boy Jorge Mateo out to center field as well. Let him, let his speed just do the talking. Dude, my man could run down a, a ball if he played left field. He could run down a ball at the right at the right pole. I don't think he's that fast. Do not doubt him. But he could outrun the freeze. But I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> but I mean, even if we did something like that, we could we could afford to move one of our guys who were in the infield, um, to second base, such as Jordan Westberg. We can move, we can move him around. We bring up Kobe Mayo. We can move him and, and we can we can move him. We put him at third, like you said, or and put Gunner at set Gunner at short and move people around that way. So it provides us a little bit more flexibility. We're also going to have Connor Norby coming up soon as well. He's he's a listed second baseman. Don't and, forget about Vavra, too. And we still have Taron Vavra as well. Um, Who hit his first career MLB home run, I believe, in the last game of the season. In the last game of the season, yeah. Second to last. <clears throat> yeah, so... Am I losing my voice over here? I think so. He's had drink water. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, so that would give the Orioles a lot of flexibility. Um, and then this last one, this is kind of a, this is kind of my pipe dream. This definitely is not going to happen. It'd be really cool if it did. Um, but even what we end up giving up in order to have this come back in return, it would still it would still work out pretty well. Um, There's a bag of sun chips over here. I know. I forgot to throw that away the other day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this trade this trade involves the Baltimore Orioles giving up um, Colton Cowser, who is prospect number four. Say he's top five. Seth Johnson, who's prospect number 10. Okay. Ryan Mountcastle and Anthony Santander to the Angels for Joe Adele and Shohei Otani. I love it. I love it. Total, total value, the Orioles are getting rid of a, a total value of about 50, and the Angels have a total value of about 53. So I mean it's 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 really really close to working out, but you're getting two top ten prospects from from the best team in, from the from the best minor league team in baseball. Uh huh. You're getting a solid first baseman and somebody who you can put in left field with Mike Trout, to 
to kind of to to give you a little bit more home run hitting as well. Um, is it some and and plus the Orioles will be getting back Joe Adele, who he may not have done anything per, like spectacular this past season for the Angels, but then again at the same time he's a guy who we could, who we could put back in the lineup. He's and and say you know what same thing with Jorge Mateo. We'll give you three hundred four hundred at bats. Let's just see what you do. Yeah. And and let it rock and let it rock and roll from there. As of sixteen minutes ago, ESPN released something. The NFL Players Association agrees to concussion protocol changes and urges the NFL to do the same. Players Association has agreed to changes to the concussion protocol and is urging the NFL to do the same before Sunday's games kick off. Hmm. Sixteen minutes ago, that news came out. Hmm. All right. I just want I just wanted to toss that in there. Uh it's just breaking news. So nope. I wanted I wanted to, I wanted to, We don't get to break news that often on here. For some reason these assholes always like to be like 10 minutes after we stop recording. It's like hey, there it is. I think the last time we got the break was uh Fernando Tatis getting suspended for using steroid cream on his bum and wink. We got the break we got the break wink Martindale. Yeah, that's not like super I know, nothing like super crazy. It's not like super big. Unless you're a Ravens fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the Orioles Orioles uh, are looking bright. Uh, next season's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what they do in the offseason. Um, yeah. I, I mean, hope that Josh Donaldson eats his words um, and talking a bunch of shit about how we're like such a bad organization because we don't spend money, uh, even though we were in playoff contention um, and played pretty damn well against the Yankees. Honestly, like we played yeah. pretty well against them all season long. Um, hope Josh Donaldson eats his words. Um, no one likes him anyway, so it's fine. Him and his stupid hair. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Orioles really just they exceeded all spe- all expectations this season. Yeah, they did. You know who else exceeded expectations? That shithead Aaron Judge. I don't really know if he exceeded expectations or not. I don't think anybody expected him to break the AL home run record. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean that's very true. But I mean, Aaron Judge is known as a home run hitter. Well, he's like six seven two sixty. I mean, he's an absolute mountain of a man for a baseball player. He really is. Yeah, like he he could legitimately be the starting power forward for the Los Angeles Lakers if he tried. I said, yes, move Anthony Davis over to the center, Aaron Judge at the four, LeBron at the three. We're getting into something. LeBron at the four, Aaron Judge at the three. You think so? Yeah. That's what I would do personally. Nah, I keep, I'd, I'd keep LeBron at the three. Keep him out of foul trouble. Okay, I'll give you that. Aaron Judge isn't going to get you many points. Actually, he might. I don't know. He probably wouldn't get Jenny. Yeah, he probably wouldn't be able to get Jenny. He might play some of the best lockdown defense you've ever seen. <laughs> he might win Defensive Player of the Year. What you, what's that face? Why are you making that face? Did you fart and it smells funny? Um. No. Um. Words. <laughs> just, just go. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, Aaron Judge, he broke the AL home run record. Um, he hit 62 home runs this season. Um, so congratulations to him, even though he's a Yankee and I hate the Yankees. Um, congratulations to him. It's pretty cool. Um, we got to see that happen. That happened in our lifetime. Um, I was really hoping he would stay at 61 because he hit 61. Um, 61 years after to the day that Roger Maris hit his 61st home run. Um, or he set that record, so I think that's I think that's just dope. I was hoping that would stay. It didn't. Aaron Judge broke it. Good for him. Uh, do you see that the fan got offered like two million dollars for that baseball? Yeah, you know it's crazy. So I saw something about um, I saw something about that fan, and he actually manages a uh, two hundred million dollar hedge fund in Dallas. No way. Yeah. Well, okay, that makes sense because think about how expensive that ticket was. Yeah. That that was like a twelve hundred dollar ticket to sit front row. Out there manages a two hundred million dollar hedge fund. Damn. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That two mils chump change. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Aaron Judge even said he's like, he's like, he's like, look, it's a home run ball. They're meant for the fans, of course. Like that's that's Aaron Judge being very, being very humble about the whole thing. Trying trying to take the whole, like the whole Albert Pujols approach to it. He had already cried that he didn't get the ball, so he was like, you know what? I won't give him the satisfaction. I'm gonna I'm gonna make him think I don't want it. Well, I mean, that'll make him want to give it to me. I mean, I, I, I will say, like, I'm not a very big fan of the Yankees, but I am a fan of Aaron Judge. And I mean, like, the way, the way he handled himself throughout this entire thing, I mean, he never, he never once said that he's, like, aiming to break the home run record. Yeah, he said it's cool to be, like, in the talks of, like, Yankee royalty. Right. Like, he, he can be in that conversation now. He's like, and that's really cool. I'm like, oh, you know what, I, I like that. Yeah, so, I mean, he took a really, really humble approach to the whole thing. I mean, of course, like, you break, you break the American League home run record. You break a, 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 you break a Yankees record that has stood for 60 years. Yeah. That's a very, very big deal, very, very big accomplishment as well. Of course, you want that ball back. But the right thing to say is, you know what, it's a home run ball. Remember the fans. They, it, like... Yeah. Of course, he's going to do whatever he can do in order to try and get it back, but I know he's not too bad out of shape if he doesn't. Dude, Yankees fans were obnoxious. I don't know if you watch any of the games. Like, I was watching the Orioles and Yankees series, and, like, the pitchers were, like, they were, they, were, they were pitching to him, and it was like a ball just off the plate. All the fans in the stands were booing, and I'm like, what do you want him to throw him a fucking cupcake so we could just yak one? <laughs> right. Like, grow up. Right. The entire city of New York. Yeah. And all of Yankees fans. I said it. Say something about it. I mean, even... Catch be- me at the bank. <laughs> Section... Raven's going brazy. I know. I don't know, I don't know what her problem is. Uh, she doesn't know what her problem is. Um, it's like 139? No. 539. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get... I didn't get that... Get us that good seats, buddy. Oh, I, you know, one can dream. Um, But, I mean, even people who, who cover the Yankees... I don't know. I don't know on a... On an affiliated basis or on an unaffiliated basis, I mean, they were even saying like, 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 like what, like one guy in particular that that I can't think of, I can't think of his name or the show that he's on, but, but the guy said he's like, he's like nobody remembers who gave up Barry Bonds' seventy third home run. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody remembers that guy. Don't be afraid to pitch to him. Well, I'm pretty sure out of all the pitches, I'm pretty sure every single pitch that he saw, maybe for the exception of like five pitches, were hittable. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not like I mean granted okay against the series the series in the, uh, against Baltimore he did walk quite a few times, I but it's 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 not like 
it's not like pitchers were pitching him any differently than they had been pitching no. him all season long. They're trying to keep it low. They're trying to keep it outside. I mean, it, because it's it's tough. You know, if you if you give him a high inside fastball, he's probably going to turn on that thing. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's it's good night. That thing's going to the freaking moon. Right. That dude hits effortlessly. It's not like they were pitching him any differently than they were pitching him all season. It's not. It's not like they walked him every single at bat. I understand that Yankees fans wanted to see him break a break a Yankees record in Yankee Stadium. I get that aspect. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I d- I definitely understand that. Like it's it's just like the, it's just like Cal Ripken's Iron Man streak. Could you imagine if he did that in Boston? Right. Like I like. Orioles fans wouldn't have been happy about it, but, right? But you're not going to say, "Oh, sit him out so we can do it next game." Well, then he doesn't get the record, stupid. Right, right, and he doesn't get it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I don't know. You, you're playing in, you're playing in the NBA Finals. You're playing in the World Series. You're playing in the Stanley Cup. Whatever. You but, want uh, your team to win it at home so your fans can celebrate it. Right, exactly. So I mean, I, I get like, it. Like, like, I, I get why they're so bent out of shape about it. But then again, at the same time, there was no guarantee he would have done it anyway. My man was hitting like ground balls to second base, and they're like, ah, oh. and I'm like, it was a ground ball. It never right. had a chance. Right, like the ball, like the ball short hopped in front of the pitcher's mound. Right, relax. Like, they're like, calm, ah. calm down. It's not like it's gonna take a a huge fucking moonshot bounce off the pitcher's mound into the out into the into the bleacher section out in left field. Numps are gonna get the call wrong and call it a home run. And it's a ground rule double. Exactly. Um, but I mean, good on Aaron Judge. I'm yeah, happy. I, I'm happy that he did break it. Um, you know, I mean, what he ended up doing this season was like the epitome of I'm gonna bet on myself. I mean, the Yankees, t- the Yankees sent him an offer. He wasn't happy with it. He said, "I'm gonna play out the season." And now he had arguably the best season in the Yankees history. Oh, my man's gonna get a check. Yeah, whether I mean whether it's from the Yankees or whether it's from another team who's willing to pay him more money. I don't yep. know. I don't know who that would be. I don't know who could financially pull it all. <laughs> the Dodgers they'll fucking pay him. They don't care. Yeah, they don't need a right fielder. They got Mookie Betts. Right. Ah, they can move Mookie to left. Well, the NL has DH now, so why not just Aaron Judge here? That too. That too. Just hit the DH. Who cares? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, Aaron Judge will probably stay with the Yankees. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. No, I don't think he is either. I think he's very, very happy in New York. I don't think. Bless you. Excuse me. I don't think he wants to leave. I just think the Yankees were like, you know what? We're gonna pay. We're gonna pay you for what you've done for us, not what you can do. And he's like, all right, bet. Watch He's, what I can do. What? What? Just watch what I have done. Yeah. Good on him. Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, definitely, definitely good for Aaron Judge. I think it's good for baseball too. It is. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, now nowadays where pitching is so dominant, I mean, I mean, you have, you have guys who are throwing no hitters all the time. Pitchers are so close to perfect games consistently. Yeah. The stri- strikeout rate is so high, and the MLB and the home run rate is so low. To have a guy who can hit sixty-two home runs in one season in the modern MLB, you know, it's—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's really a sight to behold. Yeah, I heard somebody talking. I think it was—I uh, think it was Greeny. Mm-hmm. Uh, some somebody was talking to uh, to um, Rob Manfred and and asked him is the uh, so. Are are we are we separating this as Aaron Judge is the home run king post steroid era? Like 
the whole like Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Sosa thing, like all of that. Yeah, that was like the that was like the steroid era. Now there's so much testing um, to be done about it that you you have to be one sly bastard to get away with using steroids in today's professional sports uh, in any sport. Yeah. There's so much testing done. There's so much more knowledge, so much more testing available. Um, he's like, so so are, are we like separating these into categories? Like like Barry Bonds is like the 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 steroid like home run steroid era home run king. Aaron Judge is in his own category. Are you asking me? What? No, no. I'm saying like that's like that's oh, what he was oh, asking. I, I I thought I thought you were asking me on my opinion. That's what. That's what I. I want to say it was Greeny. Somebody on ESPN was having that conversation with with uh, Rob Manfred, um, and I I don't remember what Rob Manfred said, but I, I mean, sure. Let's ask you. Like, are do you agree with that? Like, are we are we splitting up the eras? Like, that's the steroid. This is post steroid era. Are you okay with that? I mean, I mean, yeah. In all honesty, I am because I mean, we kind of talked about it last last week with the whole Cy Young thing. You know, I mean, when Cy Young was when Cy Young was pitching, I mean, they, I mean, they didn't know about, or they didn't really put a whole emphasis on keeping guys in the bullpen and you know resting their arms and prolonging their careers. They didn't really put a whole a whole emphasis on that. That's why so many guys pitched so many complete games. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like pitching stats back in the early, back in the development days of the MLB are much different than what than how they look now. Um, so I think I think you almost have to do the same thing with home runs as well. Okay. S- same thing with same thing with stolen bases with uh, like especially with like Ricky Henderson. I mean, and that was I mean that whole small ball era. I mean, people weren't hitting home runs, so of course, like him stealing four thousand fucking bases, which is unfathomable, by yeah, the way. That's insane. Um, you know him him doing something like that. You know it. You know it's um. That something like that will, be, will never be touched. But if you look at guys in modern day MLB who can hit for power and can also steal bases, you know you have to hold them in two separate regards. Um, same thing with home runs. I don't, I don't know if that necessarily puts Aaron Judge in a class by himself. Well, I'm saying not a class by himself, but like it, it, the post home run era, like he's number one in that category. Or the not the post home run the the post steroid era. I don't know if I'd put him as number one because I mean you got you got you, I mean I mean the machine just hit his seven hundredth. That's fair. Um, I mean you have Vladimir Guerrero who had all these home runs. Jim Tomey who had all who had all these home runs. So, I mean Nelson Cruz. Yeah, Nelson Nelson Cruz. I mean you have a lot of guys who have who were jack who've been jacking bombs. His teammate Stanton. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when Giancarlo Stanton was at his was at his power, I mean, people were like, it, it like, like when he was coming up to bat, it's not a matter of, oh, is this gonna be the one? It's, is like, is he like, is this gonna be the one that he hits a home run on? It's, is this the pitch that he hits, that he hits it like five hundred twenty feet? I was gonna say, it's not, it's not, is it gonna be gone? It's. How far is it going to be gone? Exactly, exactly. I mean, he. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton's almost cleared in the fence by the amount of distance it is from home to fucking left field. <laughs> That's facts. Which is crazy. My um, man's was a r- bombing balls. Yeah. So I mean, there's so many guys in the modern MLB who, who have been, just jacking the hell out of shots ever since the post steroid era. I mean, I think Aaron Judge is very, very high up in that regard. Um, I think you can make a very, very legitimate argument that. Outside of 
Albert Pujols and probably Mike Trout, I think he probably is up there as a, as a part of the top three. Okay. For sure. Right. Um, I wouldn't put him as number one. Um, now, if this can, if, if 62 home runs, that's, that, that's just insane. But if he consistently keeps hitting 40 getting, and getting into 50, like the low 50s, like how we did his rookie year, yeah. then I think we're going to have a little bit of a different talk. But right now, I think he's up there, but I don't know if, I don't know if, he's, in a, I don't know if he's in a class by himself. That's fair. I'll give you that one. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Let's let's hop over to the to the NFL. You know what? We only have two top, two topics in the NBA. Let's just let's let's, let's talk about that real quick. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, you want me to go? So so we can go. So I mean, there's a there's a bright side of it. There's a dark side of it. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the light side first. We'll finish on the dark side before we head over to the NFL. <laughs> this um, isn't fucking Star Wars. <laughs> these are not the droids you were looking for. Um. So so. Really, the big news that comes from the NBA is something that's really not even affiliated with the NBA right now at the moment. Um, but during uh, but some during some exhibition games in Las Vegas, um, the two prospect the two top prospects of the MLB the upcoming MLB NBA draft were on display. Um, so the Mets ninety two team, which is a French team, um, and the G League Ignite. Uh, we're squaring off. Um, G League Ignite uh, has, our, I mean, consensus, the number two prospect, Scoot Henderson, uh, who's, who was relatively unknown last season. He, had, he actually backed up Pelicans first-round pick, Dyson Daniels. Okay. And now he's kind of being thrust into the starting lineup. I mean, kids, I mean, kid was 18 last year. He's 19 now, and now he's running point guard for a G League Ignite team that has seen Jalen Green get drafted in the first round. Dyson Daniels could draft in the first round, and now it's looking that like he's about to continue that trend as as their top guards. Um, but really, I mean, I mean the big, I mean the big fish was on was no pun intended. Yeah, th- this this guy's. I I believe I've talked about him once. We we've said his name on the podcast very 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 very, very briefly. I I believe I said watch out for him because he is going to be the number one pick next year. This man is seven four. All of a hundred and thirteen pounds. I mean, that's he, an exaggeration. It's, it, it, it's really it, he's really not that scrawny, right? But his name is Victor Wembanyama. He's like I said, he is seven four. He is lanky as could be. I mean, he looks like Slender Man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like like his like his body build kind of compares to what Rudy Gobert is. So when Rudy Rudy Gobert was going through his whole draft process, tra- draft process, um, when he was a teenager coming from France, same thing as Victor Wembanyama. Um, he broke the combine record for the tallest player to ever visit the combine, and also the longest wingspan. Yep, and Victor Wembanyama has now broken that. He's when he officially goes to the combine. I mean, the kid is. I I think he's eighteen or nineteen. He's still growing. He currently stands at seven four, with an eight foot five wingspan. God bless! I saw him dunk the ball from damn near the free throw line, and he just he just jumped forward. He didn't jump up. He just leaped forward, and he dunked the ball. He can handle the rock. 
He can. He can shoot threes. I saw him. He he was pulling up from Curry range. So I mean, I mean, damn near at the coach's box line. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this whole exhibition was planned around seeing those two guys square off, and so people people in the United States could actually see Wembenyama actually play. And I mean, like every every scout, every exec was at this game because they're like, well, we just got to see this kid. We got Wembenyama in particular play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So Scoot Henderson, so they squared off for two two straight or two games. Henderson actually got hurt in the second game. Nothing major, but he ended up going down. He didn't play in the second half. Um, well, Victor Wembanyama put up thirty six points and made seven threes. Richard Jefferson said it. Um, I saw I saw it on Twitter. Um, he said if Victor Wembanyama and LeBron James were in the same draft, LeBron James would be the number two prospect. Yeah. I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's out of pocket for that either. I don't. I don't, I don't think he is either. I mean, I mean, the defense. The defense is there. The offense is there. The size is unmatched. Is unmatched. Like, like we we have never seen anything like this in the NBA. Yeah. Closest thing right now is Chet Holmgren, and he's gonna be out for the year. But even so, Chet Holmgren was not handling the ball and shooting the ball the way Victor Wembanyama is. Yeah. Um, Wembenyama is just getting it how he wants it. I mean, th- this this is this is a quote from Steph Curry. He is a two K create a player. Literally, he literally is. He, literally, like he 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 is a cheat code on the back basketball floor. Another quote. Oh my. He certainly has all the attributes to be a true game changer. I know that many of our NBA teams are salivating at the notion notion that potentially. Through our lottery, they could get him. So they should. So they should all compete very hard next season. That was Adam Silver, dude. Could you imagine the lottery comes around? Right, it's what fifteen teams, fourteen teams in the lottery. Fourteen, fourteen teams in the lottery. So you're like, all right, we got a chance. Top three teams have like the highest percent chance. I, I forget what it is. I think it's like fifteen percent chance of getting the number one pick. It's a, it's 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 equal. Yeah, they all they all three have like a fifteen percent chance of getting the uh, the number one pick, whatever it is. Yeah, just imagine, right? We get down to the final two. Next pick has the number two overall pick. Just imagine how pissed that team's gonna be. Um, imagine how angry the Orlando Magic are gonna be that they get the number two pick. I mean, I mean, I mean, for real. I mean, this is. I mean, this is going to be a race to the bottom. Oh yeah. You're gonna see teams blowing it up, trying to trying to tank. I mean, I mean, I mean, you you really are. I mean, the way that so 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 I think this is this season might be the biggest balance imbalance of power that we'll see in the potentially NBA history because I think so many teams are going to be so enamored with attempting to get women Yama in particular. Although I think there's only a handful of teams that actually have a shot. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think realistically, there's probably like six teams that could, that could possibly get them. Rockets, Magic, Thunder, um, uh, try to think. Who else is terrible? Indiana, Detroit, Pacers, Orlando. I already said them. Yeah, you said the Pistons. Washington potentially. They could potentially. Uh, Sacramento, Utah, Sacramento. Can um, imagine Utah trades away Rudy Gobert just to get Victor Wembanyama. San Antonio, Houston, honestly, the Lakers. You think they just 
fuck it up. I think they could for 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 the potential to get somebody like that. Okay. Um. So I mean, I mean, there's a handful of teams that really have a really good shot at getting them. Um. This I is, mean, the, I mean, the Lakers th- don't have a first round pick this year, do they? Or this is one of the years Ugh, they do. I don't know. That's a good question. That that I do not know honestly. Um. But even so, I mean, like, I'm curious now. A team like New York could sell the farm in order to try and get get him. Um, Indiana is already a team that's going to be pretty abysmal this upcoming season. Um, so they'll have a pretty good chance of getting them. Uh, Orlando, another team. I think Washington could sell the farm in order to try and get somebody like, like him. Utah, they're, they're going to be abysmal. Oklahoma City might be too damn good for the, might be too good for their own good. I don't know. They're not going to have home grid. Uh, I, I, th- I think they'll be too competitive. Oh, that's tragic. First round Pelicans have the right to swap picks. From the Anthony Davis trade, yeah. Um, but That's I mean, I mean, tragic. I mean, Sa- Sacramento could, uh, Houston. They're still away. Um, San Antonio. I, th- I honestly, I think San Antonio will probably be. I'll go out on a limb right now. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and make my prediction for who I think is going to win the sweepstakes. Um, I'm going to go really, really, really off the reservation. <sighs> So you think maybe like one of the like middle tier teams fucks around and wins the lottery? Yeah. Okay. Defies the odds. I'm gonna go really, really off the reservation. Okay. Can I guess who it is? You can. Is the Chicago Bulls? No, that was a very, very good guess. Ah. <sighs> okay. Who is it? But it was not the Chicago Bulls. All right. I thought that was a pretty good guess. Who is it? Honestly. I mean, it's something about the GM there. Via the Lakers. New Orleans Pelicans. Interesting. Okay. It's something about David Griffin. Because you got to think he got... Um, he wasn't the GM when LeBron got drafted, but he was the GM when they got the first, the first overall pick for Kyrie, for Anthony Bennett, and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. That's fair. Three out of four years, they're picking number one overall. You know what sucks for the Suns? They're not going to be able to move DeAndre Ayton now because they're going to want a first-round pick. No team's giving up a first-round pick. No. Nope. They, no. They, might get, they might get next year's first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean definitely, not, not, definitely not this season. Because um, I, I think everybody was expecting DeAndre Ayton to be moved by the deadline. They're going to be hesitant to move him now because... It, no one's given up this year's first round pick. Yeah, I mean, unless you're giving me a superstar. Yeah, which which I which I don't I don't see happening. I mean, I think Victor Wembanyama. I mean, the only the only knock on him is that his his he's so skinny. He's he only played in half the games that his team actually had last season. I mean, he's got to he's got to get his weight up, but yeah, but it, but I mean, like now that I think people know what he is and what he can do, I think he definitely will get his weight up. I think we'll st- I I think his French team that he plays for they'll start helping him out with making sure he gets there gets to where he needs to be. Eat all the baguettes you can. They're gonna put him in a position to where he's not gonna get hurt. You're not gonna see him a whole lot this coming season. You're not gonna get a whole lot of game film on him because they're go- because they they know what they have in Wimbanyama right now. Oh yeah. Um. They like they like they know what they're about to send to the NBA. Oh. Uh-huh. And 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 I think people are going to be like, you know what? You got to be cautious with this kid. And I think they will. Um, 
just because nobody wants to see his future get derailed or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, Victor Wimanyama, watch out for the name. I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you I'll give you three teams. Okay, honestly, three teams. Pelicans, Pelicans, Indiana, Portland. Okay, those are the three. Watch them. Okay, mark 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 it now. One of those three teams is gonna win the sweep. One is gonna win that sweepstakes. Okay, my three teams. Um, OKC. Okay, I I I think that's just that would be so enticing. Chet Holmgren coming back off his injury. And Victor Wembenyama moved Chet to the four. Wembenyama at the five. Good night. Yeah. Uh, that's that would just be so cool to watch. Um, it would not be cool to play against. Um, you couldn't defend that. Uh, OKC. Um, I think Orlando. Honestly, I think Orlando's just gonna be bad, even with Paolo there. Orlando just can't seem to get it right ever. I think they're gonna be pretty bad. <sighs> really, really, this is the and whole, the Wizards. Really, really, this is this is the whole this is the whole thing. You just can't just don't make the playoffs. Yep. If you if you make it to the lottery, you have a chance at it. Yep. I think I think and the, I, and and honestly, if you end up getting the number two overall pick and you get Scoot Henderson, that's a very very good consolation prize. Yeah, I don't think you're well, you are pissed, but you're not you're not. You're not throwing chairs across the room. No, no. I mean, I mean, maybe flipping a table, but you're not throwing chairs. I mean, of course. The I mean, the op, I mean, the opportunity to have somebody who's as tall as Yao Ming who shoots the ball as well as Steph Curry, that is so fucking enticing. Maybe, maybe not as well as Steph Curry. That's an exaggeration, but but for, but for somebody with that size to have that skill set, I mean, that's so enticing to have, especially in the modern NBA of positionless basketball. A taller KD. Of yeah, I mean, I mean, think of think of Kevin Durant, just almost six inches taller. Which which, which is which is which is very very crazy to think about. Um, so I mean, the the prospect of having him and like losing out on on him that'd be very very tough to swallow. But the fact, but if you're a guard needy team and you get Scoot Henderson, of course nobody's gonna say no to having somebody like him. I mean, even if you're fucking Phoenix, yeah, I mean, take him. yeah, I mean, I mean, you're taking him. Yeah, so I I think the Thunder, Min- the like, Magic, and the Wizards. Minnesota's taking him. Okay. Um. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, if if he if he was there, Minnesota's taking him. Philadelphia's taking him. Oh yeah. I mean, you just have to. I mean, I mean, his upside is is so is so high. I mean, even if you're, I mean, on the off chance Philadelphia wins the fucking lottery, it ain't gonna happen. Um, it would have to be a lot going on with that organization. Right. Right. On the on, on the off chance, you can. I mean, you then you say to yourself, okay, well, Wembenyama and Bead. Is one of them expendable? If you're that fucking bad, I'm sure one of them is. It's probably Embiid. It, it, it could be the Golden State Warriors. They they might end up moving Draymond Green. I think they're just gonna outright lose Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green's gone. I think he is too. So 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 kind of so the dark side of what we're talking about for the M, for the NBA um, was Jordan Poole's light bulb. That that thing got turned out real quick. So 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 at the Golden State pra- Golden State Warriors practice, uh, Jordan Poole and Draymond Green they were jawing back and forth throughout the entire practice. That led into 
Draymond Green getting in Jordan Poole's face. They're like he like bumped his chest. Draymond Green bumped Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole pushed him away, and Draymond Green gave him a cold fucking right. Oh yeah, knocked Jordan Poole was out. He was no, out cold. Knocked him out. Yes. Oh yes. Sucker punched him right in the jaw. I don't know if you guys follow us on Twitter, but I I, I quoted um, that uh, that video from uh, from my man Pat McAfee and uh, said in the ring next it's going to be Draymond Green versus Le'Veon Bell. He's gonna have he's gonna be the next professional athlete that has a boxing career. So there the, so there was reports that that it happened. There were reports that the that the war the Warriors were looking into what exactly happened. And somebody leaked the video. Somebody leaked the video. I don't know who. I'm so happy they did though. I'm happy they did. Because so 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 here's the thing. Inside the practice facility, I'm sure they have a mix of security cameras and team cameras. So you can actually see what's going on. Yeah, you can study the film. That does not look like security camera footage. No. That's a, it's a... Somebody in the coaching staff leaked that video. Somebody had a Galaxy S10 taking that video. Yeah. We're on like the Galaxy S23. <laughs> Some, I, mean, I mean, somebody definitely leaked that video. Um, but that's a really, really bad look for the NBA. Look, Draymond Green has a reputation of being a dirty player. I think this only pushes that narrative further yeah um i saw a tweet that it was kind of funny it was uh yes jordan was punching uh teammates but he was also scoring 30 right right and and here, here's draymond green i mean he, i mean he's mr triple single mr triple single um so yeah i mean i i think draymond green is going to be gone i think the warriors are just going to say you know what but then again, at the same time, I mean, I mean, they they chose Draymond Green over Kevin Durant. I don't know if they're getting rid of Jordan Poole. I personally wouldn't, but then again, at the same time, I keep Jordan Poole over Draymond Green. I would too, but is that the philosophy of what they're trying to do? Yes. I would hope. I would hope so. I also don't like Draymond Green, so yeah, that's fair. I don't know. They might they might move off Jordan Poole. Who knows? I mean, because they have Clay Thompson, so then they're gonna have to make a decision. Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole. Um, well, they're gonna they're gonna have to make a decision this upcoming all season anyway, because Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are both free agents. True. So yeah. they're gonna have to make a decision yeah, anyway. So yeah. maybe they move Jordan Poole. Who knows? I think that'd be stupid. I think it would uh, be too. Because at least for now, Jordan Poole's coming off the bench and is leading your second, you know, your second rotation of players. Right. Um. He's he he's gonna win six man of the year probably most most years. It's gonna be between him and Tyler Harrow. Um, so right, I, I who just I, got a bag too. Yeah, he just he just signed a deal, got a bag. So good on him. Um, yeah, it's gonna be between him and him and Tyler Harrow year after year. And I don't know. I'd I'd personally keep Jordan Poole over Draymond Green, but who knows what that uh what that Warrior organization does? Yeah, maybe um, they maybe they handcuff him, uh, hand, hands behind their back. Like to a table, and they make them, you know, talk it out. That ain't happening. How cool would that be? It wouldn't be that cool. It would be. It would not be entertaining. Okay, hear me out here. So, like, you know how like the police tables have like that little like bar? They like handcuff like, you know, criminals, criminals to it, stuff like that. What if they did that, right? But it was like two different bars, like. One on like the left side of the like one on this side of the table, one on one on the left, one on the right side of the table, and they had to look each other dead in the eyes. They were both handcuffed to the table like that, like far enough that they couldn't like kick each other 
whatever f- table bolted to the ground so they can't do it, and they just they just had they had to hash it out. Or they could do the the latest uh, Russian sensation of uh, phone booth boxing. What kind of oh, phone booth boxing? Yeah, you see yeah, that shit. I have that's just, that that stuff is insane. Who the hell signs up for that? I don't know. You you gotta have like some severe mental issues if you're signing up to do phone booth boxing. I'm telling you. Yeah, it looks really it looks like really entertaining, but then again, at the same time, that's probably really really bad on your. I mean, they're literally standing. They're literally standing. Tip, nose to nose. They're standing tip to tip, and they're just beating the hell out of each other. Nose tip or dick tip? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I guess it depends on the day. So, so another, uh, another, something else that's going to be like phone booth boxing is uh, this weekend. Your Red River rivalry. Yeah, I am. What's going? What's what? What? What's what's going on down there in Norman? Dude. Okay. So so hear me out here. Because my teams are in good shape. Your teams are in good shape. Yeah, Maryland looks good um, for for what Maryland is as a football school. They're not known as a football school. They're playing some pretty damn good football. That was a that was a big statement win that Maryland had last weekend over Michigan State. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge. Huge statement win. Huge for the program. Yep. Huge for the program. Maryland's been getting some transfers as of recently, um, and I think this helps the cause. I, I, I don't know that Maryland is going to be competing for the Big Ten um, in the next two or three years, but hey, we might see a few more transfers come over to Maryland um, and compete in that Big Ten, especially with Big Ten becoming um, Big Ten of the SEC being the two big power conferences yeah. in college football. So um, at some point, you know, some players are going to be like, hey, I'm not going to be starting on Ohio State. I could go start for Maryland, though. Yeah. And I could play all the same competition. Mm-hmm. So maybe at some point you see Maryland uh, step it up, and, and they might be they might be competing for the Big Ten at some point, but good on that. Ohio State, um, personally, uh, I, I know it's down, down there a little bit more. It says, who's more deserving of number one? I was talking about the rankings um, of college football. I honestly think Ohio State should be number one. Do you? I do. Alabama's not right now number one, Georgia's number two, and Ohio State's number three, Michigan is four. If you ask me, Ohio State should be number one. Alabama almost lost to Texas, unranked Texas. Um, and then Georgia almost lost to unranked Mizzou. Yeah, so Ohio State, their closest game, I think, was against Notre Dame. The number five ranked Notre Dame at the time. Yeah. That was I think that's their been their closest game. So if you ask me, Ohio State deserves to be number one. Yeah. Um I know you're not going to argue that. I'm not. Um, I will swing back around to the Red River rivalry. Yeah. I will. I will yeah. swing back around. Um, ultimately, I, I do think Ohio State does deserve to be number one. I mean, they're re- I mean they're, they've really been the only team this season who hasn't had that scare yet. I mean, l- I mean like you said, Alabama probably should have lost to Texas. If Quinn Ewer, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt in that game, I think Alabama loses to Texas. Texas was the better team for three and a half quarters. Yep, yep. I, I mean, I, I hate to say it. I'm an Oklahoma fan. Texas was the better team for three and a half quarters of that game. Yeah, um, and of course Georgia almost losing to Missouri, who was two and two at the time. That's not a very good look for the program as well. Um, I mean, even Michigan had troubles with Maryland. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Clemson's, Clemson's playing pretty damn well. They, I mean, they had trouble with somebody. I don't know who er, earlier in the year. Uh, who do they have trouble with? I don't even know. I, I don't really follow Clemson football. I personally think Clemson, it's just... They went to, they went to double overtime with, with uh, Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they had trouble with Wake Forest. Granted, they're number 21 in the country at the time. USC's defense is terrible. 
Um, so I mean, all, I mean, all in all, I think Ohio State does deserve to be number one. Um, that, that, and, and I'm with you, and I know you're you're a little biased because you're an Ohio State fan. Yeah, I'm not, and I think Ohio State should be the number one team in the country. You know, I, I you know I will say that you know this season of college football, it, you know, it's there. There have been a lot of surprises. It really has been Go, going this is on. A good you know? weekend of college football too. I don't know yeah. if you've looked. If, I don't know if you've looked at the slate. I I, ha- I haven't, but I I do know. I mean, I mean, just looking at the rankings alone. I mean, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to like in the rankings. I mean, we had the we have the Red River rivalry this weekend. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's big. You know, maybe not for college football in general, but you know, as an Oklahoma fan, it is Tennessee taking on LSU. Number eight taking on number twenty five. That's a big matchup. Number seventeen TCU going against number nineteen Kansas. That's a big matchup. Georgia, that's Auburn. What, that might probably be the most interesting match of the year. That's what college game day is. Those were two teams that nobody expected shit out of this year. Playing I know, their, playing I, their tits off. Over I know there. for for Kansas in particular, their over under for their win total was three. Yeah, they're five and zero. Oh. They're five and zero, oh, and they're and they're ranked nineteenth in the country. Yeah, they're playing their tits off over there. I mean, I mean, I mean, really, you know, it's the whole. I mean, the whole. Um. <laughs> The, the whole the whole back and forth with rankings and te- and teams like almost losing in scares to other teams, you know I mean the, I mean the real big thing that you can accredit a lot of this to is the transfer portal, one hundred percent. You know oh um, yeah I mean because I mean so many so many of these guys who are at big time schools who aren't really getting the opportunity, um they're going to these smaller schools i.e. Kansas i.e. Kansas State i.e. TCU i.e. Washington Maryland Mar- with with uh, t- uh Talia. Um and even and even Tennessee with uh with Hernan Hooker yeah, I mean that he's balling the fuck out yeah he's playing his at, ass t- off. at Tennessee, um so I mean you have all these guys who are re- who are really playing very 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 well for these new teams and it's making things a whole lot more interesting oh it is because now these guys who have been sitting behind these five star guys these guys who are going to the NFL they're getting opportunities at major college programs with major pieces around them mm-hmm. so. You know, it's re- it's really making things a whole lot more interesting. I know right now, the state of college football, it's so based around NIL and what can you do for me as a rec- as a recruiter. You see what I can do on the field. What can you do for me? What can you do for me in order to get me to your school? At this point now, it's pretty much anything. Perfect example: Bijan Robinson hasn't. I've I've mentioned this once before. He has his own. NIL deal with Lamborghini of Arlington. Yeah, it's insane. A college kid has the opportunity to get a brand new Lamborghini every six months. It's insane. Which is yeah, exactly. It's it's just insane. I mean, all I mean, all the money that's there and that's available for these kids to get. I mean, it like especially like prime example. Imagine what Caleb Williams is probably getting in NIL deals, going from Norman to Los Angeles. Jordan, uh, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, same thing. I mean, even Hernan Hooker. I mean, I mean Tennessee. I mean, the Titans fucking suck. They oh yeah, they don't have a baseball team. <laughs> Facts. So I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure he got I'm sure he got something pretty good to go there. Even Bo Nix going to Oregon. Yeah. I mean, all, I mean, all I I don't know any any of the numbers, anything like that. I'm not a whole expert on how all that NIL stuff works, but I mean, you have these guys who are now getting the opportunity to make a little bit of money on their likeness and still ball out in college for major college programs, which is which may hurt college, but I think I, I personally think it's good for it. That's my opinion though. It creates more parity. 
It really does. And it's great. But yeah, I mean, just to continue the slate, Georgia and Auburn, it's a good game. Yeah. Utah and UCLA, number 11 Utah versus number 18 UCLA. Yep. It's a big game. Ohio State and Michigan State. I know Michigan State's not very good this year, but it's still a matchup. Their defense is bad. Yeah. It's it's terrible. With a defensive with a defensive head coach, their defense is bad. Uh USC and Washington State could yeah. potentially I mean, Washington State's four and one. USC's a twelve and a half point favorite, but I mean that could that could mess around and be something. Mm. Um you know, number number sixteen BYU taking on Notre Dame. Notre Dame getting getting a ranked win. That'd be good for the program because they've had a little bit of a lackluster season. It's a new head coach. Mm. Uh, it, it, it'll, the ship will be right eventually. You know what I mean? Mm. Texas A&M taking on Alabama. Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. It's a big matchup. A lot of, uh, lot of tension there. A lot of tension there, yeah. I don't, I don't know what kind of tension. We'll leave that up to you. Use your imagination. There's some tension. But there's, there's just a good slate, of, good slate of football this week. So it could, could potentially be a lot of upsets. Um, but to, to wrap back around to Oklahoma, um, dude, our defense just, it looks terrible. I mean, it, it really just looks terrible. So they were playing very, very well. Um, the first, what, three games of the season, uh, playing UTEP, Kent state and Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, who the hell are they? Hmm. You know who Nebraska is? <clears throat> do you know that? Do you even know what UTEP stands for? University of Texas El Paso. Yes, you do. Okay, perfect. I didn't. I had to look it up. Couldn't tell you who UTEP is. But then they they give up forty one to Kansas State. Yeah, granted, Kansas State played very well. Good on them. Then you give up fifty five to TCU. Dude, they got waxed by TCU, fifty five to twenty four. Absolutely waxed. I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm just laughing. And Sarah's like, "What's so funny?" I was like, "How bad we are." I think it's hysterical. This is pathetic. Yeah. Like, absolutely pathetic. Dude, they had two 100-yard rushers. TCU did. One of them was the quarterback. Dude, the running back, Miller, I believe it, Kendra Miller. Yeah, he had a 69-yard tu- or 69-yard run. Uh, do, do you know their uh, quarterback had a 67-yard touchdown run, too? Oh, yeah. It's insanity. Um, the defense looks like shit. Um, which makes me wonder, Brent, Brent Vettables is a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. right? He was the defensive coordinator of Clemson. How do you not get your side of the ball right? You look at USC. They were very bad last season. I think they won like four games last season. They've already won five this season. Why? Because Lincoln Riley has made their offense worth a damn. Granted, he's brought some pieces over. I get it. But he's got their offense looking right. I mean, they're one of the best offenses in the country because Lincoln Riley can take care of his side of the ball. It's the same thing with Nathaniel Hackett in the Broncos. He was an offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not convinced that he wasn't just a fucking body in a, in a place there with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. Because Nathaniel Hackett looks like a bag of shit. I said it, I meant it. <clears throat> but Brent Venables, how do you not get your side of the ball right? You know what I mean? Like... I understand if the offense takes a takes a dip and dive going from Lincoln Riley to Brett Venables. It should. Yeah. It should take a dive. But the defense should be strides better. The defense is not strides better. I mean, we look like we look like Lincoln Riley was still the head coach with the way we were playing defense. The only difference is Lincoln Riley forgot how to coach offense. You know, I w- I will say this though, you know, 
going to a new team, it's much easier to install a new offense than it is in a defense. I think I disagree with that. Do you? I think installing a new defense would be easier. Maybe, maybe saying maybe installing is the wrong word, but if you if you are an offensive coach going to a new school, I think it's easier to put your imprint on an offense than it is easier than it is easier for you to put your imprint on a defense. Because it, like if you're a defensive coach, you kind of know the players that you'd like. Well, if you're like you like you don't know, I mean you you kind of have an idea of the quality of player of what you're getting when you get there. But you don't really know a whole lot about those players until you actually see them on the field. Maybe they're not up to maybe they're not up to par with what you expect. O- offense is a little bit different. You can kind of mold players. You can kind of make a quarterback look a little better than he actually is, which is what they did with Dylan Gabriel early in the season. Now he's overthrowing the hell out of everybody. I mean, he, at this point now he's trying to overcompensate. Yeah, I mean that's why it leads me to ask you: Is it general booty time? You don't got to ask me. That's a, that's, a, that's a question for you. I think it should be general booty time, not only because he has one of the dopest names I think I've ever heard behind um, my man from... Uh, Coldest Crawford? No. Uh, what, is, what is his first name? Oh, I'm drawing a, drawing a blank. Skipped it, Billy Whip? That'd be a cool... That'd be a cold name. No. Uh, my man, Stevie Ho You Fat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. His last name is Ho You Fat. Ho You Fat, yeah. Ho You Fat. Uh, that's the dopest name I think I've ever heard in my entire uh, yeah. life. Uh, General Booty is up there. Uh, yes, it is a real person. It is not a fake name. Um, so that's dope. Uh, but Dylan Gabriel, he had a concussion last game. He got knocked in the noodle, and uh, he went nighty nights on the football field. So whoever... Did he get knocked out? Like cold, uh, he had a concussion for sure. I mean, he got cracked in the head. Okay, on a on a late hit. Um, I don't remember if he got called for tar- if the dude got called for targeting or not. I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't know, man. Oklahoma has been a little lackluster this year. I I expected a little bit more out of them. I knew they were going to take a dive. Once again, you lost Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. You're gonna take a dive. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Um, <clears throat> so. I don't know. I'm excited for uh, for this game. I'm excited for November 12th in Morgantown. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Go see him play. Sure as hell is. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast. So you know that'll actually be my first major college football football game I've ever been to. It'll be my first ever college football game. Yeah, that'll be my first major college football game. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know, man. Hopefully Oklahoma can can pull this out against Texas. Uh, m- my aspirations for the college football playoffs are gone. You're not gonna make the playoffs with with two wins. It's not going to happen. Losses. Or, yes. Well, you damn sure ain't making it with two wins. They might. I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, with two losses, um, they probably won't even compete for, uh, for the Big 12 championship. Um, so it is what it is. Hey, if we can, if we can win um, probably the last Red River rivalry in Big 12 history, I'll be happy. Well, not to, uh, not to kind of add insult to injury as well, but um, I don't know if you saw this or not, but... Uh, Quinn Ewers has been elevated, and he'll be uh, he'll be returning against Oklahoma tomorrow. Great, fantastic. So, that was uh, Coach Shark. That's not the day. Fantastic, I love that. He did stop short of um, saying he's starting, but he'll return at least. He'll okay, be, he'll be he'll be he'll be healthy and ready. He'll be he'll be ready to go if if called upon. 
Okay. But uh, Coach Shark did not uh, say he will start. Okay. So. So for this week, we decided we were going to do two separate episodes. Uh, One episode with all the other sports, and then one episode for the NFL alone. Yeah, we just... uh... We just wanted to uh we just wanted to make sure you guys heard our voices a little bit extra this week. A lot of content coming to you this week. Uh something new we might try. Might might keep it going if it gets a good response. Um so just let us know what you guys think. If you guys just want a sole episode uh for the NFL. If you want us to break it up into different sports if you want an MLB episode, an NBA episode, NFL episode. Something we're willing to do. Uh so we'll catch you guys on episode two. Be safe. Yep. Thanks guys.